0: the nine. And uh, we started at, uh, we didn't get very far um, last week, but we started a little series looking at the names of Jesus. And whilst I said last week there were over 250 different names for the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, we'd probably be more familiar with the, the titles like the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, uh, Rose of Sharon, the Lily of the Valley, the Ancient of Days, the Bright and Morning Star, uh, Alpha Omega Beginning and End. But there's quite a few names that are used Christmas time. Uh, and we looked last week at Isaiah 9, 6. Um, in um, Luke's gospel, uh, we have the angel saying, Friend unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. He's also known as the King of the Jews. That's what the wise men said when they came to Jerusalem. When Herod asked the, 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 um, uh, the, the scribes and that, the Uh, kind of work out where this Messiah would be born. They referred to him as a governor, that the governor would be born in Bethlehem in accordance with Micah's prophecy. Um, So there's quite a few names used for the Lord Jesus Christ that we associate at Christmas time. And Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given This day, we're thankful for the opportunity to gather together in church on Christmas Eve, Lord, not just for a special service, but for our uh, normal Sunday service to praise you and to worship you. And we are thankful uh, for what we are able to do uh, in terms of being a witness at this time of year in order to tell people the importance of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that you would help us to continue to be that witness over these next few days, Lord, as we tell lost friends, family members, how much the Lord Jesus Christ loved this world, that he would leave the glories of heaven to be born of a virgin, to be born in a dirty stable, to be laid in a manger. He wasn't born in the luxuries of a king's palace. He came in the most humblest of forms. He humbled himself. He took on himself of no reputation so that he might live a perfect human life. And as the divine God, he was able to pay for the sins of this world. And Father, we pray that you would just help us as we celebrate his birth, that you would help us to tell others of that wonderful sacrificial death upon the cross of Calvary. So Father, we just pray now that you'd bless our time together today. Help us to understand what uh, the Lord Jesus Christ means to us as, he, uh, uh, as wonderful, what he means to us as a counselor, as the mighty God, as the everlasting Father, as the Prince of Peace. Uh, and we will take great comfort from the fact of knowing uh, that he's with us always. We just pray and ask these things now in Christ's name. Amen. Unto us a child is born. We said last week how that spoke of Christ's humanity. We need to understand that he was fully man. That's why he was born the way in which he was born. Uh, He's also, uh, the son is given. That's a reference to his deity. God gave us the gift of his son for God so loved the world that he Gave his only begotten son. Um, that is God's gift to us. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. That speaks of the Lord's strength and is a reference to his return as the king of kings and the lord of lords. And last week we looked at the fact that his name is wonderful. He was wonderful in his birth. Uh, you know, there's only a few chapters um, of the Christmas story. You know, uh, we we have a few uh, verses in relation to uh, the angel appearing to Mary and Joseph proclaiming this incredible birth. We have a few verses of Mary and Joseph heading to Bethlehem, of the angel appearing to the shepherds, of the baby being laid in the manger. And that's pretty much it. Um, The wise men, it's possible, came two years after the Lord Jesus Christ was born, even though they're no Christmas cards. But in terms of his birth, There's just a few verses, but his birth was wonderful. There was never a birth like this before, and there's never been a birth like this since. Um, He was wonderful in his birth, but he was also wonderful in his life. He lived a perfect, sinless life. He was wonderful in the miracles that he performed and in the words that he spoke. He was wonderful in his death. He died upon the cross of Calvary to save mankind from their sins. He could have called a legion, legions of angels. He didn't even have to call the angels. He could have just spoken. Uh, as he spoke the world into existence, he could have spoken and his enemies would have fled from him. But he laid down his life for us. He was wonderful in his death and he was wonderful in his resurrection. If Christ had born and didn't die, uh, if if only uh, if Christ was only born and never died the way that he did, it, it wouldn't be so wonderful. If Christ died the way that he did but wasn't resurrected from that grave, then nothing would be wonderful. But he lives. He is God. You can't kill. God. That's why God Himself came down in the form of man to willingly lay down His life as a sacrifice for sins, so we could be forgiven. So our sins could be placed on Him, so He could become a sin for us, so that we might become righteous. Our sin was put on Him, so His righteousness could be put on us. He was wonderful in His birth, in His life, in His death, and in His resurrection. His name is wonderful. But not only is his name wonderful, his name is Counselor. Isaiah 25, 1 says, O Lord, thou art my God, I will exalt thee, I will praise thy name, for thou hast done wonderful things. Thy counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. Can I say this? Life is complex. Um, if you've, anybody here who's, who's ever had children or who's looked after children or who's babysat um, a child at some point recognizes that some of the questions they ask can really stump you, they go through this phase where they say, why? And you can only ask why so many times until as a parent, you turn around and go, I don't know. As they get older, the questions, if anything, become a little bit harder. And it's really difficult sometimes to offer the best counsel to our children. Sometimes we don't have the words to say. Sometimes we don't know what the answer is to that problem. You know, as as parents, we want to fix everything. We want to take all of our kids' problems upon ourselves and just fix everything, and we can't. And you know, sometimes... As believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Life is still complex. And if anything, I think as Christians, we tend to have more questions after we get saved than we did before we became a Christian. One of the main questions is, Lord, why is this happening to me? Lord, why is this going on? Why is that happening? Why did this take place? But I'm thankful for the fact that his name is not only wonderful, but his name is counselor. We don't always have the answers. People don't have the answers. You know, the amount of self help books that have been written, and the amount of blogs that are on the internet, and the amount of stuff that's out there to give advice. And it's not perfect, it might help for a little bit, but it's not divine counsel because it's written by people who are fallible. It's written by people who may be able to express something they've been through as an experience, but they really don't know how you are feeling or what you are going through. You know, sometimes we can sympathize with people. We've, We've mentioned this before, you know, the difference between sympathy is kind of almost feeling sorry for somebody and empathy, which is kind of um, going through the, a similar thing yourself and understanding what they're facing. And even if we've been through the same problem, um, you know, grief is a perfect example. The way you, in which you deal with grief is different to the way in which you deal with grief. And even though you're both grieving, you can't fully empathize with what this person's going through because the relationship may have been different. The loss, as much of a, as a loss as it is, is still... Different for both people. so that's why he's our counselor. Because he knows what we're going through. Well, he's never felt the way we felt. But he has. You know, if he was just fully God, then you could turn and say, Well, as God, he's never experienced human emotions. Even though he knows everything, we could accuse him then of saying, Well, you don't really understand because... You were there, we are here. But as fully human, he understands everything that we've ever been through. He knows what it's like to grieve at the loss of a loved one. He knows what it's like to be uh, rejected, forsaken. He knows what it's like to be ridiculed. He knows what it's like to be alone. He knows exactly what it is uh, that we are facing. The Bible says that he knows every thought and intent of our heart continually. He knows what we are going through. He is our counselor. If we want peace in our lives, if we want confidence in our lives, if we want wisdom in our lives, if we want to head in the right direction, then we need to seek the Lord's counsel. Instead of trying to work everything out on our own, instead of kind of trying to do things ourselves and getting ourselves into a pickle and into a bit of a mess. He is our counselor. We need to walk with the Lord. We need to know his word. And if we did that, we would probably save ourselves from a whole host of trouble and a whole host of turmoil and a whole host of problems. And then we can actually stop blaming God for all the issues that we're facing. And we can actually listen to his counsel. Do your parents ever tell you not to do something? And then you did it anyway? And then it's like your parents are like, mm, I told you that was going to happen." Our parents are not omniscient. they don't know everything. But God is, and sometimes God says to us in His counsel, "Child, don't go there. Don't do that." And we can hear the still small voice, but we don't want to listen. To the still small voice. And then we kind of do stuff ourselves anyway. And then we wonder why we're in so much of a pickle. We wonder why we're in so much trouble. We wonder why we're in so much heartache. And there's enough of that in the world already. This world is already hard to navigate. You know, it's like we're on a, on, 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 on a ship sailing through stormy waters uh, and we're trying to make a path ourselves, but we're not listening to the Lord's counsel as he kind of sits on the, on the front end of that ship saying, be careful, there's a rock on that side. Be careful, there's shallow waters here. Be careful, you could run aground here. And what we need to do is listen to his voice and listen to his counsel and let him direct our ship. Yeah, but we know best. No, we don't. His name is counselor. The term counselor not only um, refers to somebody who um, gives advice, but the name counselor can also be attributed to somebody who defends another person. And we recognize that even though the devil is our uh, adversary, he is known as the accuser of the brethren... The Lord Jesus Christ is known as our advocate. We have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus, the righteous. It's always nice to have somebody to defend us. The Lord Jesus Christ, as the counselor, not only gives advice, but is one that stands in our corner. But sometimes we... We don't listen to his advice sometimes we don't hear his voice, have you heard the expression turning a blind eye have you heard that expression do you know where it comes from Quizmaster master Clive knows where it comes from I tell you all if you want any advice on anything historical see Clive, Clive literally I'm going to put you on the spot now Clive knows everything blind eye turning a blind eye it actually comes from a naval battle with admiral lord nelson on the 2nd of april 1801 during the battle of copenhagen the british fleet was attacking the combined navies of denmark and norway and three british ships ran aground admiral hyde parker decided that the battle was um too hot for uh, nelson to oppose so parker sent an order through signal flags that the younger Admiral Horatio Nelson, uh, Nelson should discontinue action and withdraw. When Admiral Nelson heard his own signalman ready the order, he pretended to not hear him. Mesmerized by the thrill of battle, Nelson had no intention of obeying the order. He turned to his captain and said, this day may be the last for us at any moment. Even as a Danish cannonball struck the ship's mainmast, scattering splinters all around it. I was typical of Nelson's stubbornness and aggressive approach to war he'd already lost his sight in a previous battle so when he pressed again to respond to Parker's order Nelson told his flag captain Thomas Foley you know Foley I have only one eye I have the right to be blind sometimes and then Nelson held up his telescope to his right eye and said i do not see the signal He purposely put the telescope to his blinded eye so that he couldn't see the instructions. How often do we do that? How often do we turn a blind eye to the Lord's advice, to the Lord's commands, to the Lord's flag signals, as it were? He is our counselor. You ever been given bad advice in the past? You ever done something and you thought, why on earth did I listen to that person? Maybe, men, you've listened to the woman sat next to you when she's giving you directions in the car and you're like, why did I listen to that? As you get more and more lost. Maybe you had some bad advice in school. Maybe you followed the wrong crowd. When I say this, that the Lord will never give you bad advice. The problem is not the advice that the Lord gives us. The problem is the fact that we tend to turn a blind eye to it. And we tend to not listen to what the Lord is telling us. God wants to guide us. Remember what the Lord Jesus Christ said in the upper room. I will send you another comforter. And what will he do? He'll teach you all things. And he will guide you in the way that you are to go, he has left us with that guide, he has left us with his voice. You know, sometimes you say, oh, I just don't hear the Lord speaking to me, then you're not reading his word because he talks to us through the word, he communicates to us through his word, he counsels us through his word. Don't turn a blind eye to the counsel that the Lord gives us. His name is wonderful. His name is counselor. His name is the mighty God. The title mighty God in the Hebrew language is El Gibor, and it means God's strong hero or God's strong king. That little baby born in Bethlehem, that little baby laid in that manger, in that feeding trough, That little baby is the one that actually spoke the universe into existence. All things were created by him and for him. And you would look at that little baby and you wouldn't think, that's the mighty God. But that's the sacrifice that he made for you. That's the sacrifice that he gave up the glories of heaven to Come down to this earth to literally put deity into the trust of Mary and Joseph. That helpless baby held the universe together. What the Messiah was to do could only be done by God himself. If he was to be the redeemer of mankind, if he was to be the defeater of death, if he was to subdue uh, those who were slaves to sin, if he was to be the sacrifice uh, for mankind, only God could do that. The Lord Jesus Christ is Almighty God. And this is where some people get really caught up in the fact that they say, well, Jesus wasn't God. Um, Jesus never claimed to be God. The Bible never said that Jesus was God. Even the Old Testament referred to the Lord Jesus Christ as God. In Exodus chapter 3, where the angel of the Lord, and um, most people are in in happy agreement that the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament was the Lord Jesus Christ. In Exodus chapter 3, where the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses from the burning bush, and Moses asks the voice from that burning bush, Who shall I say sent me? The angel of the Lord said, I'm sending you. And my name is, I am that I am. The Lord Jesus Christ was God. I and my father are one. Uh, When the Lord Jesus Christ said before Abraham was, I am. They wanted to stone him. Why? Because they knew what he was claiming. He was claiming to be God. Um, And in their eyes, blasphemy uh, 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 as a uh, a stoning offense is what the Lord Jesus Christ had committed. He is the mighty God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Lord Jesus Christ was God. Christ brought uh, order out of chaos that man created. Christ brought light out of darkness that man had brought into the world and he still does exactly the same in lives today. How can anybody that makes, uh, the, 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 the people would say, uh, is just a, a mere human being, how can somebody who is just a human being make such a difference in someone's life? How can somebody who is just a mere human being take a worthless, sinful life and turn it into a saint of God, a child of God, Into something that is so incredibly different from what he was before. Christ is the mighty God. How incredible that the mighty God, the one that flung the stars into space, the one that formed the sun, uh, the one uh, that uh, uh, kindled the fires of the sun and scooped out the giant beds of the ocean and created the mountains as vast as they are. How incredible that this mighty God is mighty enough to mend your broken heart, is mighty enough to move the mountains of the problems that we face in life, This mighty God is able to shape our lives so that we can be more Christ-like each and every day. This mighty God can keep us eternally secure, held firmly in His hand. As the mighty God, He overcame disease as the great physician. But as the mighty God, He overcame death. The final enemy. And because of that. There is no victory. In death for the believer. No sting. No victory. Because as the mighty God. Who paid the price for our sins. We now have the victory. And we have eternal life. Through Christ our Lord. His name is the mighty God. His name is everlasting Father. And this name looks backwards to the past. It it covers the present and also takes care of the future. As the everlasting father, the alpha and the omega everlasting literally means that. It reminds us of that permanence. uh, He gives us that uh, stability, that consistency. Uh, He gives consistency to the inconsistent. He gives stability to the unstable. He is everlasting, never changing. Everlasting reminds us of that consistency and stability. Father reminds us of His love and tender care. You know, we've said this time and time and time and time and time again. If you study other religions, you will notice one common theme. The deity that they are trying to please can never be pleased. And there is no guarantee that you ever do enough. To make it to that deity. Or to do enough to please that deity. As the everlasting father. It reminds us of God's love and tender care for us. You know if the, the girls phone and say they've got a problem. The last thing that I say to them. And would never ever say to them is. Tiff. Work it out yourself. I don't care. It's Like Right. Oh, what do we need to do to try and fix this? What can we do to help? How, because that's what I do as a parent, as a father. Because I love them. No matter how much they cost me, I love them. Anna's the favorite, but, you know, Eve is doing all right as a second. Well, that's an incredible name. Everlasting Father. Because we know how much he loves us. We know how much he cares for us. He is the shepherd of our lives because he'll never leave us and never forsake us. I read this um, last week. Uh, it was Christmas Eve, 1875, uh, when D.L. Moody's song leader, Ira Sankey, was traveling up the Delaware River on a steamboat. And it was a beautiful night, and as the stars sparkled, Sankey was asked to sing a song. And he intended to sing a Christmas carol, but for some reason, he was led to sing the shepherd song. saviour like a shepherd lead us, much we need thy tender care. In thy pleasant pastures feed us, for our use thy foals prepare. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast bought us, thine we are. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast bought us, thine we are. There was a deep stillness on the boat. The words and the melody flowing from Sankey's soul echoed out over the deck. And after the song was ended, a man with rough, weather-beaten face came up to Mr. Sankey and asked him, Did you ever serve with the Union Army? And Mr. Sankey replied, Yes, he said, I did in the spring of 1860. The rough-looking man asked, Can you remember if you were doing guard duty on a bright moonlight in 1862? Fanky replied in surprise that uh, uh, that he did. Um, The stranger said, I remember that night, he said, But I was serving in the Confederate Army. When I saw you at your post, I was resolved that there was one Yankee that would not leave his post alive. I was concealed in the shadows while the full light of the moon was upon you. I raised my musket and set my sights upon you. And it was in that moment you raised your head towards heaven and began to sing. I took my finger off the trigger and decided to wait till your song was over. And then I would shoot you. The song you sang tonight was the song you sang that moonlit night in 1862. My heart was stirred and softened by the memories of my godly mother who sang the same song to me as a boy. I could not bring myself to shoot you. I have wandered away uh, from the Lord. And tonight when I heard you sing in, God spoke to me again about my need of trusting him as my shepherd. Sankey threw his arms around the man and had the privilege of winning him to a saving knowledge of Christ. How incredible that as our father, he cares for us so much. That he loves us so much. That he's not left us to try and work this all out on our own. That we're able to go to him in a time of need. For that help that we so desperately seek. And then finally his name is Prince of Peace. If you were to ask anybody kind of what is missing in the world today. They would probably say this, Peace. Peace. Um, you can 't help but turn on your TV um, to find one war or another going on, um, and we just seem to have gone from war to war um, i think in 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 the years of recorded history I think there 's and somebody else has worked this out, not me in, in the years of recorded history, I think there 's been like thirteen years where there 's been no war um, We live in a world that has no peace. Um, And that is something that people really long for. People long for peace in the home. People long for um, peace in their souls. People long for, you know, when you talk to people, uh, anybody who gives a testimony about coming to know Christ as their Savior, at some point in that testimony they may say something along the lines of, there was something missing or there was turmoil or there was anger or there was hatred or there was something that was bubbling. But then when I trusted Christ, that anger gave way and a peace flooded my soul. That hatred gave way as peace entered in. That turmoil gave way as peace engulfed me. That frustration, depression, whatever it may be, was overtaken by peace and that's a peace that only the lord can provide the world can't offer that kind of peace he said to his disciples my peace i'm going to leave you my peace give i unto you not as the world give the world doesn't know what true peace means i got that quote wrong actually about 13 years of peace For every year of peace, so this is um, um, the, the quote I was trying to do. For every year of peace in recorded history, there's been 13 years of war. So one year of peace equals 13 years of war. And we know that sin is the great disturber. Uh, of uh, 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 of man's heart is the source of disorder and stress. And the Lord Jesus Christ is able to just come in and give complete peace for every situation, for every circumstance. In Christ, we have peace with God because we are reconciled to a holy God. The sin debt has been paid. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. We are able to have peace with others. And that's only possible through the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, there are some people that are really hard to get along with. And the only way you can get along with them is by the Lord giving you the peace you need to deal with their nonsense, to be forgiving, to be long-suffering, to be gentle, to be kind, to be generous. But I think the one thing we probably struggle with the most is having peace with ourselves. Because we never feel good enough. We don't know if we've done enough. We don't know if we meet the standard. We don't know if we please in um, this person or that person. But we need to know that our sins are forgiven. Our guilt is God. We have a home in heaven. Not because of who we are or because of what we've done. But because of who he is and because of what he's done. He is the Prince of Peace. Uh, and man would probably admit today that the one thing that's missing from their life today is just that peace. You know, I, we're, I I, I loved uh, Brother Tom Laurie. When Tom Laurie would come um, to the the church, he would always say the same thing. He'd always say shalom, and, and he would ask that question: "Like, are you rejoicing? Is it well with your soul? Can you say that you have that shalom, that peace with God? You can know that for certain if you know Christ." as your savior. His name is wonderful. He was wonderful in his birth, in his life, in his death, in his resurrection. His name is counselor. He is our advice giver. He is our advocate. He is our defender. His name is uh, the mighty God. We don't just serve some dead deity. We don't serve somebody that's so far off we can't get close to. We don't serve somebody who who, who can't even help us in the easiest of situations. He's the mighty God, the everlasting Father, depicting that constant in our lives and as Father depicting that love that he has for us. He is the Prince of Peace. I'm thankful that as a child of God, I have peace with him. But I have peace with myself. Because sometimes we are the most difficult people to get along with. Because of the internal battles that we have. But he's the only one that can bring a peace into our lives that can't be explained. A peace The pastors understand them. Can I just ask if you know him as your saviour today? If you don't, then you need to trust him before it's too late. The only way you will ever experience any kind of peace in this life, and certainly in the next, is by trusting Christ as your saviour. If you do know him as your saviour, then do you appreciate the names that he has and the titles that he's been given haven't been done because it would be nice to kind of fill up some pages on the book. It's been done because those names mean so much and those titles mean so much to us. And they just remind us of who he is and what he can do in our lives. And I'm thankful that I know him as my savior. Father, we thank you so much for this day. For this time together and for this privilege of coming around you, a word. Lord, I just prayed you'd speak to our hearts, Lord. I pray that you would help us to recognize who we pray to. to Help us to recognize who is fighting our battles. Who is standing in our corner. Who is the one that's truly given us the best advice that we need to navigate these stormy waters of this life. Father, I pray that you'd continue to help us as you were children to listen to your voice. And Father, I pray that if there's one here today in this church or one listening online that has never trusted Christ as their Savior, I pray today would be the day that they would recognize that their sinful condition separates them from a holy God, but that you died upon the cross for them, that their sins might be forgiven, that you could pay that debt, and as a result, restore the relationship that was broken in the Garden of Eden when sin came into this world. Father, we're thankful for all that you do for us. And we pray and ask a a blessing on our service this afternoon, Lord. I pray that you would just help us to be a witness and a testimony to every person that comes in through these doors. And that we might even, um, Lord, be a a witness and a testimony to anybody who tunes in online or who stumbles across uh, our our online ministries, Lord. And that they might come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their saviour. Because of something they hear or see uh, from our ministries. Father, we're thankful for all that you do for us and we just praise your name today. We ask these things in Christ's most precious and matchless name, amen. All right, let's stand and sing our last carol together. And then I'm going to ask Andrew Davis if you'd come uh, at the close, at the last verse to close us out in a word
1: of prayer. Thank you. thank thee this morning for this time that we've spent in your presence. That we've lifted up the Lord Jesus Christ as the only saviour of sinners. And we can sing this morning, come let us adore him. And we pray that everyone standing this morning in this place, they know him as their saviour. We pray for those who don't, our God. We remember that song that says there were ninety and nine that safely lay in the shelter of the fold, but one was out on the hills away, far off from the streets of gold. We pray this morning, our God, if there is one such in Bethany this morning, that they will turn to the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation, realizing that he is wonderful, the Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And we know that one day, The government will be up on his shoulders. We're living in a world of, in this Western world that we live, of failed democracies. But one day, there will be a perfect government. And he will reign forever and ever. We praise our God for such a saviour. We pray that as we remember him today and think on these things, that we will not only see him as a baby in Bethlehem, but we will see him as King of Kings and Lord of Lords and as Almighty God. We praise thee for him now, for all that he has done for us, for he hath done all things well. Bless us as we part, we pray our God, for we ask it in a precious name, the Lord Jesus. Amen.